0: Hello and welcome back to the Primary Education Voices podcast, the podcast dedicated to the exciting world of primary education with me, your host, Matt Roberts. If you're a member of staff in primary education, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, we'll be interviewing a special guest who works in a primary setting and be finding out what inspires them. We will also be asking them for their top tips, resources and philosophies that they are passionate about in this wonderful profession. And of course, share some of the funny stories that happen along the way. Um, Just before we begin, a little apology, really, for the last few episodes in terms of the intros and the outros. When I was listening to them myself, uh, just to check, um, you know, that they'd gone out all right and all the sound quality was okay, it sounded like there was a a bit of a high-pitched beeping or or noise uh, in the intros and the outros, fortunately not in the actual um, interviews themselves. Uh, but just in the intros and outros, and it wasn't when I was listening to it, to it on Anchor, on the platforming podcast, on the podcasting platform that I use, but when it, we were listening on other places like Spotify and Castbox and other places, uh, you could hear this high pitched beeping or this high pitched noise. So apologies for that. Um, I'm trying out a different uh, system to record the intros and outros now, so hopefully that has been resolved, and uh, you know there won't be any of that noise throughout the entire episode. Now today uh, we sat down with Dave McPartlin. David Partlin uh, has been in primary education for 20 years, is a head teacher at Flake, Flake Fleet Primary School, um, and he's probably most known or most well known for his role in the school that's one of the schools that's got to Britain's Got Talent. Uh, and in fact, his school got the golden buzzer and got to the final as well. And so um, you may well recognize him uh, if you've watched Britain's Got Talent. Um He is an absolute inspiration. He was uh, recommended to me by a number of people, um, and it was a really great honor to sit down with him and actually speak about his um, views on primary education. We spoke very little about the Britain's Got Talent experience, which I'm grateful for because I wanted to dive into his thoughts and philosophies about primary education and what he was passionate about, and really um, a lot of really interesting information and thoughts came across. And so, um, I'll leave you to the, to listen and enjoy. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the primary education voice of Dave McPartlin. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Dave McPartlin. How are you doing, Dave?
1: Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you, Matt. How's yourself?
0: Doing very good, thank you. Um, enjoying the wet, wet uh, weekend day, but at least uh, we've uh, been able to have a little bit of a break this weekend.
1: Yeah, so I see. it's a bit miserable out there today, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, well, we're going to start with your quick fire questions, Dave. That's okay. So if you can try and answer these as succinctly as you can, but these are to get a bit of a background and a context about who Dave McPartlin is, what your journey has been, and all that kind of thing. Okay? Yeah. Fantastic. So first of all, Dave, what is your Twitter handle? Uh,
1: Dave underscore McPartlin.
0: Great. Fantastic. Nice and easy. And people can uh, know where to find you when they want to follow you after this. That's great. Um, how many years have you been in primary education?
1: 20 years.
0: 20 years. Anniversary year.
1: Congratulations.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, now, during those 20 years, what has been your primary journey so far? So what roles have you had through those 20 years in summary?
1: Uh, I... Didn't apply for jobs out of university. I wanted to go off to London with all my mates. Uh, didn't quite get to London. Um, I got to Manchester, but I did do a bit of supply teaching. Uh, a term or two in year two, even though I was junior trained. Sacked it all off to go to Black & Decker. Went to Manchester to do marketing. Uh, hated it. Went back to the school that I was at. And I did I did infants for a couple more years. A um, couple of team leader roles. One, two, three, four, five, six um then moved on to uh another school deputy head two years left northeast got the northwest deputy head for a couple of years in amongst that two terms as acting head then i moved on to another school being head teacher of a, a church school for five years and then head teacher of flickley prime school for five years
0: fantastic that was impressive timing as well that you just uh, thanks Matt. thanks
1: <laughs> i'm sure hard. i've missed bits out but that's as, that's as quick as i could do it. i reckon
0: <laughs> no worries that's fantastic Great stuff. Well done. Uh, let's move on to the next one. What is your favourite subject and why?
1: Oh, oh, do you know I probably, oh, PSHE. Mm. PSHE, because I, I, I think it's changed over the years. I probably would have gone ICT or PE, maybe even English. But at the minute, I, I, I feel quite passionate about what kids need really good PSHE lessons and you know teaching them how to have conversations and resolve things. So PSHE I'm going to go with.
0: That's great, and I think obviously, I mean, we can't ignore the the kind of context that we're in, coming through this COVID nineteen pandemic. Would you say that's kind of made that even more at the forefront again? Yeah,
1: I, I, I think that's probably why my, my, that wouldn't have been my answer a year or two ago, if I'm totally honest. But I think more than ever, mm. that's that uh, you know that that area of the, the curriculum is, is more important than it ever has been. Mm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And it's often one that unfortunately sometimes isn't made the focus, is it? And so I think... That's totally agree.
1: Important. Totally agree. We, we do. We try to do two lessons a day now, every single day, a short one and a longer one, mm. just to try and uh, you know build them up and put them in a good place. Mm.
0: That's really, really good. In fact, you know what? You're making me think about my practice now. Just even that little burst each day of some sort of the, that kind of thought about themselves and their well-being. That's great. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Uh, now, next question: um, Have you had, or can you remember, a favourite teacher in your own personal education, and who were they, and why were they your favourite teacher?
1: Yeah, dead easy. Uh, it was Mister Early. He was my English teacher for GCSE and A level, and I, I'm very proud of proud of my working class roots. Um, you know, industrial town in the northeast, Hartlepool, and I was so narrow minded. Um, I was so not very cultured. I'm still working on it, and he just he just opened up my eyes to the to the world that was out there, and to to stop writing things off. It you know I don't like that. You know I would go and see opera. I would go and see ballet. Don't really like opera. Quite like ballet. But, you know, I just, I want to experience the world and make my mind up myself. I don't, you know, stop I was a bit prejudiced looking back, I think, of certain <laughs> things. Not proud of it, Matt. Yeah. Not proud of it.
0: <laughs> That's great. But he had that impact on you, which, which yeah. is great. That's fantastic. Mr. Absolutely. Early.
1: Open my eyes to the world. Mr. Early. Top block. He's hilarious as well. Excellent.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much. And then finally, if you had to, or if you already do, you can pick one that you do already. Which after school club or what after school club would you run?
1: Uh, Do you know what, I'd like to go back to doing football, I used to always do the football team, the reality is being a head teacher, it's a busy old job and stuff always comes up, I'd I'd definitely go back to being the football manager, teacher, you know, pretending I'm a a Mourinho or a Ferguson
0: (laughs) Brilliant, Uh, what was kind of your favourite thing about doing the football club?
1: I think you, it means so much to those children. You know, I, met, I played football as a as a kid, and and I think just the fact that for the kids, it's, it's it's a big moment. You know, you remember those trips, you know, in your, your mum's car, you know, to travelling twenty miles down the road or whatever, or scoring that goal or saving that penalty. I don't know. It's um, for some of those kids that that's the highlight of primary school, and you know, to part that's pretty cool definitely
0: I I can picture some of those kids in my school right now in my head who just live and breathe that football and when that's available again obviously having missed that for such a long period during Covid as well when that's kind of now starting back up they're so excited for that so that's great yeah absolutely thank you right well you've you've got through the quick fire questions and I have to say you've done very very well there so well done
1: yes (laughs) I'm not all competitive Matt (laughs) <laughs> but if there's a leaderboard you let me know afterwards
0: do you know I should listen back I should make a leaderboard I can tell you who would not win that <laughs> uh, but uh, you did very well there right let's go on to uh, your next you're your kind of more scheduled the questions you kind of had a little think about beforehand and so the first one is uh, is this what inspired you uh, to become involved in primary education
1: um, it, it was my auntie Moy um, my auntie uh, she was a teacher fairly recently retired, and I grew up in a, a big family lots and lots of cousins uh, of all ages, sizes, and so on. And I just loved spending time with them. I really, really loved spending time looking after them, playing with them, reading to them, you know, teaching them things. And, and one day, my auntie Moy came through and she went, Hey, our David, do you know what? You'd be a really good teacher. And the penny dropped. I was like, Oh, wow, yeah yeah get that that'd be that'd be cool um and literally from from that moment on you know about eleven or twelve year old that was that was me that that was all I wanted to do um you know i was a bit obsessed with that I think at one point in Martin the fact that I really wanted to be a head teacher which is a bit weird for a teenager you know I didn't just want to be a teacher I wanted to be a head teacher and then I got the idea in my head that I want to be a head teacher by the time I'm 30 and that kind of stuck in my head and I and I you know I, I, a psychologist would have a field there with some of you know some of that Um uh, but yeah that, that that's how I, how that came about
0: uh, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you now. I, I also had that kind of I've never actually shared my own my own kind of inspiration and uh, or anything like that. But I I was one of those people that at 11 12 years old wanted to be a teacher and kind of a couple of years into it thought I'd, I'd like to be a head teacher actually. Uh, so I can I can relate to that again. Don't know oh, why that's go. there. Don't know why that's there at all. <laughs> but like you say, it's. Um, no it, that's great so in terms of obviously you know someone said to you your auntie someone very close to you said you know you'd be a great teacher you're like yeah yeah great obviously you've then got to go prepare yourself you've got to get your, your qualifications and all the things and you get onto a teacher training whatever that looks like in whatever um, journey you've taken into that and then you're in the classroom I guess what was the the moment where you kind of felt like yeah like I thought this was right but now I know this is you know for me
1: there's, there's a moment that, um, <laughs> the, the, it's, it's the daft moment, because I always knew that I just wanted it to be fun. And it was probably the day that we found a bounty castle that was meant for outside. And we thought, you know what? Let's put all the desks to one side. In fact, not let's, I thought, let's put all the desks to one side. And we had a bounty castle in the class. And and, and like the windows seemed to be reverberating with the air whistling around. And stuff, and and I just thought oh, I'm getting paid to do this. this is brilliant! <laughs> and, uh, it's the daft stuff. It's the da you know taking them out for a snowball fight, or um, I, I'm I'm thinking some of the daft assemblies that we've done. Mm. It's that you know I, I hope I did a good job with things maths, but it was certainly a happy place in the classroom, and, and you know that that's how I want it to be for my kids at school and my own kids.
0: I love that. That's a great story.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: It, it's make it's just having that great time with the kids. Obviously, like you say. Teaching them what they need to have, make, helping them make that progress, but you know, just having fun and enjoying that time—that's great. Um, let's. Uh, well, speaking of funny stories that you're thinking of, let's uh, hear one of your funniest stories in education, then, uh, that you're able to share with us.
1: See, it'd be really easy to wheel out the BGT story, you know, mm. going on Britain's Got Talent, but I feel like that's a bit predictable. Mm. If I'm totally honest, Matt, you mm. know, it's a, I keep wheeling the same story. So, I'm gonna go with. Um, do you know I'm going to go with when we before Britain's Our Talent what a lot of people don't know is we went for Christmas number one um, and we took it really really seriously and mm. um, we ended up as third favorite and, and lots of like crazy stuff happened and and I think the moment that st- stood out is how far I'll go to to make something a success was Sunday dinner time, um, I sent an email around to staff, saying, can I pinch some of your kids, your your own actual kids that, that go to the school? I figured safeguarding, this was a, a good move. Because um, I want to go to London. Uh, I want to set off tonight. Um, and I'm going to doorstep Chris Evans because we figured that Chris Evans would be the way to go. Um, you know, he he would help us get Christmas number one. Yeah. Um, and I told staff that we were going to go and try and find him. I think staff thought I'd lost the plot. <laughs> I think probably behind my back they were probably like, you know, do we need a whistleblower? Is this guy lost the plot? <laughs> um And, and uh, dressing up as elves, <laughs> we travelled through the night and we camped outside uh, outside Radio Two for a, <laughs> for an hour or two. Thought we'd missed him, and the next thing you know. Chris Evans has got his hand around, arms around our shoulders. The kids are singing to him in the entry. He said, you know what? Come on, let's go up. Uh, and he took us up to the studio, uh, got us on the one show a couple of days later, and some of the exciting things happened. And, and it was just straight, like the adrenaline was off the scale, and it was 7 a.m. You know, bearing in mind, would have no sleep. Yeah. And it's the strangest feeling, having your adrenaline, you know, off the scale. It's 7 a.m. We've done our thing by quarter past seven. We're off into central London. Um, then we decided we'd go and find Philip Schofield, which we actually did and got pictures with him. And it just all felt a little bit surreal. And but it sure, you know, I would think it's scared it's dare to dream and don't let anyone ever tell you to, that you can't do something. And and it was almost like, yeah, that, that we got a bit carried away that day. And I, I even I didn't think we'd actually pull it off, but it, it would make good social media content, you know, create a bit of a, a bit of a buzz, and actually we did we did achieve what we set out to. Um, so that 's probably the moment that stands out more than more than most of the others
0: so did you get the Christmas number one there?
1: No, no, we were miles away, Matt. We no. were miles away yeah. uh, in the end uh, we We were fifteen in the midweek charts, and uh we got mentioned on Radio One on the proper chart show um, We then we knew, we couldn't keep up with streaming and we 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 went all the way down to 64 so we're still a top 100 yeah yeah are we third in the downloads charts so in old money we would have sold there was only two acts you know two very big acts who sold more than us yeah um in old money we would have had a really good good go uh-huh. here, but we ju- we just couldn't keep up with streaming and, and lad baby unfortunately
0: oh the sausage
1: rolls oh don't don't mention it man <laughs> don't mention it I'm still getting the counselling for that year
0: yeah <laughs> He's still going. He keeps going every year, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, no, I, I still think we'll give him another run for his money one year. Oh, that's <laughs> do you, know, do you know for shopping? We were number one on Amazon uh, and even on iTunes for a day or two, and it was like, "This is going to happen. This is going to happen." And then we bombed. But oh. We still had that experience. But but, but you
0: know, just imagine that the memories those kids are going to have. You know that when I just honestly, that that sounds yeah. like an incredible moment.
1: Do you know, um, on the back of that, two coach companies offered us free coach travel anywhere in the country in the run-up to Christmas. Mm. And we, did, we pulled the same trick again the next week. Um, took a coach full of elves this time, camped outside Good Morning Britain, um, singing to their producers and stuff as they were going in. And do you know what? They, they actually took us into the studio, and they were about to put us on air until Theresa May signaled the leadership contest, and then we were kicked out with a bacon puppy. Oh. So, but you know, but 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 the the we literally had like thirty kids on a on a free tour of London. It was brilliant.
0: Yeah. Well, um, exactly. Even though if, even though you didn't get on there, you know, just what a, what an experience that is. So you know, Theresa May and sausage rolls kind of just bring those recurring nightmares. I guess but there you go. Oh,
1: it makes me shudder even figured, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Brilliant. That's a great uh, experience to share. Thank you. Right. Well, let's go into your primary three then. So you sent me these beforehand. And for anyone who's listening uh, for the first time, these are the, the primary th- three things about primary education that for you, Dave, are you know really important that you're passionate about. They can be resources, philosophies, advice, anything really. And so you sent me those through. Uh, and so we'll have a look. Uh, the first one that you've said is uh, look after your well-being. So why, for you, is that uh, such an important... Uh,
1: well, do, do you know, I feel as a profession, we're very, very quick to give our love away. We're very quick to give our... You know, we're very caring. We just want to make a difference. And and if we always give our... You know, we, we need a bit of... Um, we need to look after ourselves as much as we look after other people so that we can conti- continue to do that. It, it's a busy job. Mm. Um, it's It's full on don't mind, I mean, I always struggle keeping up with planning and marking, Um, you know, no days ever the same. Um and, and I just think that if you're going to do a really good job with the with the kids um, and in your school, you actually need yourself to be in a good place. And, and I think, you know, we need to recognise when we are a bit stressed or when we're tired or, you know, when we benefit from a walk and some fresh air or a bit of exercise. So, so important. I, I really think that We've got to look after ourselves and and I think as a as a profession, we sometimes burn out a bit too easy we don't you know we don't look after ourselves as much as we look after everybody else
0: mm. yeah that's a really important point We We've actually had this kind of comments about teachers in general uh, you know the 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 general teacher before is that it's quite a uh, emotionally involved role you know you work with these young people who are going into education if you're, young, you're working with the younger children, you know perhaps they're coming out of their homes for the first time full time. And you kind of they're kind of under your care, and like you say, you know, I think teachers are generally quite caregiving people. You know, that they care about these kids, and so like you say, that can sometimes though go to the other way to the other extreme, and you can almost burn yourself out. Obviously, you mentioned that you're a head teacher, and you've been at uh, the school that you're at at Flake Fleet, Flake Fleet uh, for, for five years or so. Uh, is there anything uh, that you've seen in your school that's that's been really helpful with the teachers to to kind of give them that sense of you know, being able to look after their well being or any anything that you've seen in, in anything.
1: Do you know I, I think it's the um it's the culture that, that's created and I think the thing that stands out is it's creating a culture of psychological safety. That it's it's okay to make mistakes mm. um as long as we own them, as long as we you know we admit them, we, we work on them, we try not to do it again. Mm. Um that it's it's you know it, it's okay to take risks, to do things differently um to to voice concerns or feedback or make suggestions. And and I think the, the, the key thing, I'm sure there's lots of things, but the, the key thing that jumps out, it's that culture of psychological safety. Um and, and that, that can take quite some time. Um, you know, you've got to prove it when, when somebody does mess up and do something daft or makes a mistake, you know, it's fine. It's okay. And and actually in a staff meeting, I'll admit when I don't know something or I've messed up, I'll apologize. Um for me, is psychological safety. I think that's really important. Same for kids, isn't it? It's the same for anybody, you know, in our life. Psychological safety is really important.
0: That's that, That's really good. I like that phrase as well, that psychological safety, because, you know, we do make mistakes as as teachers. And I think, like you say, if we, if we feel like we're in a context in a place where, you know, we're, we're going to not be reprimanded for that mistake, you know, as long as, you know, we're trying to make the right choice for the kids... You know, if you as a head teacher saw you as a teacher putting that bouncy castle up <laughs> and, uh, you know, putting that into the classroom, you know, just, you know, seeing how you can try and help the teachers have that. Um, I guess it's um, the the freedom, the freedom to kind of just make those choices for what's best for their kids, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. When, when the psychological safety is in place for me, that's when the exciting stuff happens. Mm. That's when you're creative. That's when you innovate. That's when you, you know, you just take it to a very, very different place. Mm.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, like you say, it can become like if you're not given that freedom or that psychological safety, you're not going to take those risks. You're going to, no, of course, yeah. You you're going you're gonna to play it very safe, and it's going to be quite stilted, really. That, that's a really good point. That's when that exciting stuff happens. That's great. Well, thanks for that. That's really good. Um, let's move on. Let's go on to your second one, then. I think that's you know a great one to start us off. Um, the next one is knowing yourself and others. So, what do you mean by that? Knowing yourself.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I basically we've um, we've we've worked with a, a performance psychologist um, for for the last the last five years, and I've worked with him for, for a long time before that. And I just until I worked with him, I didn't realize the importance of knowing me. Mm-hmm. You know, my preferred mindset, um, my preferred behaviours, and once I know that, I. I I try to look at other people, you know, look at staff, and you realize that we're all so different. And, and I think particularly as, you know, when you're in a, a management or leadership position, um, you want everyone to behave like you. That, that's what I, you know, if I think back to 10 years ago, I probably would, you know, if I was interviewing, I'd be looking for another Dave because I'm brilliant. I, I want another Dave. And the reality is I don't want another Dave. You know, <laughs> too many days. We're not getting anything done. We're going to have a great time. But we're not going to get anything done, um, and I recognise that. You know, I am very sociable. I, I'm very chatty. I have blue sky thinking, but that's not. You know, a, a team full of me wouldn't wouldn't work. Um, just because I would approach a, a situation a certain way, I can't then be surprised or disappointed or frustrated when somebody else approaches it in a different way because we all have different ways of coping. We all have different ways of dealing with things. You know, we'd all look at situations and say, well, I would do that in that situation. And I guess, you know, if you know yourself and you know that that makes it a lot a lot easier when people do things that you think, why did they do that? Or, you know, you, you just try to think about it. You know, I always give the example of me and um, a previous deputy who's retired recently. We'd have probably killed each other if we, you know, hadn't done all the work with the psychologist, and we'd probably both tell you that because we're so different. But you've got me on one extreme, him on the other extreme, and you put that together, and our SLT, you know, it's quite big. What nine of us? There's so many different ways of thinking and behaving that when you put that together again, put that psychological safety in, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done a lot of work on that. With we started off with the SLT. Um, and now, we've, you know, all staff have done these profiles. They're, they're not the cheapest, mm. but all all staff in school have now done them and, you know, talked them through with each other and shared them. Um, and I think I think it's, um, I don't know, it's um, it's had a really big impact in school.
0: That that sounds really interesting. That really does, because I think it's one of those things that we probably don't uh, put a lot of thought into. You just kind of train teachers and then we put them in the classroom and say, right, off you go. And obviously, they've got mentors, they've got people that they're looking to in their school, and perhaps they might start to think, well, oh, to be a good teacher, I need to teach like them. And that, yeah. I was I was very much in that position, you know, it, when I was in, kind of starting in teaching. I was looking at the teachers in my school that I thought, you know, were good teachers, you know, and you meant to spend your NQT time going to watch them teach, and so you go watch them teach. And this is, by the way, not me knocking people going to watch other people teach. I'm actually quite passionate about it. But I think the, the misconception I had was right. I've got to do it like that. So then I'd go back to yeah. the classroom, try and do it like that, and I would just feel really awkward because it
1: wasn't me. <laughs> um, and I think that's yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's a really important point. Go ahead. Um, no, I was going to say that sort of when you look at the way everybody, you know, we all teach differently. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the things that we've done at our school, you know, I can't hold up and say, "Ah, you should all do this. Everyone should go for BGT." Or you know you know dance around in sequin lycra it 's not for everybody. I clearly love dancing around in sequined lycra that 's a bit too tight for me i 'm all right with that. It was fun, I enjoyed it, and so did the kids. But you know we all have our thing that we 're good at that we 're passionate about you know our little way that we 're going to change the world mm. and and I think being aware of that is is really powerful in recognizing that in other people, and sometimes it stands out like a soft thumb. you know what it is it 's like a beacon and and sometimes you've got to dig a bit deeper. You know, you got to get to know that person, figure out what makes them tick. And actually, what what is it that they bring to the world? Because we all bring something.
0: Mm. Yeah, and that's it. And you need to have those different parts of the machine to make it fully functional in that school. Um, was, Absolutely. You were mentioning before, obviously, this is a journey that you and your school have kind of gone on with with um, kind of performance psychologists and stuff like that. I mean, for you, if, if, uh, if teachers were interested looking at how they could find out, you know, more about themselves what would you recommend i mean how do you Um,
1: you know truthfully i am i probably start on google like like you know the good old google um knowing self and others um personality profiles you know maybe there might you know there would be some some free 360 analysis out there even just asking colleagues Mm. you know you know how, how you know Oh, I, I, it's a really good question because we've done a lot of our work with Mike and, and the profiles that we've got. We, we've paid for them all, mm-hmm. but excuse me. The, there's so many personality profile things out of mindset profiles and things out there. Mm-hmm. It's just stimulating the conversations. Mm-hmm. You know how we how we approach. You know, are we unorganized? You know, you know, are you are you very prudent? Are you quite difficult to change your mind on things? Are you a big? You know, you know what what makes you tick? What do you get? You know, what do you get a, you know, you get a kick out of? Yeah. yeah, Google. Start on Google.
0: Good old Google. Good old Google. Yeah, and actually that, that point about asking colleagues is great as well. I mean, you know, obviously with N- N- NPQ like um, courses, you have your 360 diagnostics as yeah. well. I mean, I certainly did when I was doing my ML and SL. And uh, you have the opportunity to, first of all, reflect on a, l- a large number of questions yourself, which in itself I think is an important exercise. But actually then you get to send that to kind of three to five other, other colleagues as well. And it's that moment when you hit send that you think, Oh, <laughs> I wonder what this is going to call so, it like.
1: I don't know about you, but the really powerful experience—they are terrifying. Hmm. But and and actually, I think back a long time back, I am—I um, I was working with some her teachers, not not from where I am now, and their 360 came back very, very different to what their staff thought. Right. And I think that's quite a dangerous, precarious position to be in hmm. because if you think that you know your staff are on board, that they continue to be kind and caring, and you look after them they think you're you know that you're, you're a bit of an auger then there's there's some you know there's a that, that, that's going to cause issues and, and i think it's really important particularly as a leader but in general in life that how you think you come across how you think be you behave is the same to the reality mm. um it's yeah. really important the 360 i don't know how you found it
0: oh i found it so enlightening i mean i was quite well i say fortunate uh, you know the results came back and actually, if anything, they were like, they were pretty similar. If not, people saw me a bit higher than I was, which was quite positive. However, I can see, you know, the the dangerous situation is where if you think very highly of yourself and actually there's a number of areas that need to be worked on in whatever areas they are. Uh, but I think the important thing is, like you said, you need to know those things, because if you don't, then you're just going to carry on in the vein that you're going. And it could just make things magnified and become worse.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy,
0: and it's certainly not pleasant. I think, but I think, I think in in that in that in, that, in that, I think we're talking more about leadership now, and that's and that's fine. But I think, you know, it's important to find those things out so you can then address those and you can move forward with that. But yeah, no, that's a great, great, great advice. Um, and like you say, I think with Google, I think you can find a lot of personality, you know, assessments and mindsets, kind of um, diagn- diagnoses and stuff like that. So that's great. Fantastic. Well, uh, we'll move on then to your third of the primary three, which would be great. Um, And it said, and it is value the importance of feedback, which is interesting, because I think in the discussion we're just having now, it's actually kind of moved into that area of the value of feedback, which is interesting. So why is that? What is the value of feedback for you, Dave? Um,
1: I think I think maybe it was quite easy to think that I meant about children. And and I don't. Um, What I actually mean is that we... um, it's really important that we are able to feed back to one another. Um, again, going back to knowing self and knowing others, having the psychological safety, being in a good place. Um, I think it's really important that we do feed back to people. You know, we, we mold the thoughts, um, challenge in the right way. You know, I, I quite am a big fan of, could we do this? Do you think we should be doing that? What about rather than we need to do this? I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually what i found is that every time we've done our profiles in this school and lots of others we're very green And well, no, our green is it's just that we're very empathic very compassionate quite cuddly and and i think sometimes that cuddly nature of skills which absolutely is is essential you want it to be like that but i think sometimes we shy away from just challenging things at times and trying to make things better because we don't want to upset the status quo and and we, you know, a couple of weeks back, I gave all staff a copy of a book called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Basically, it's just about being honest with one another. If you care personally about somebody, mm. you will tell them. Just like if your flies were down after you've been to the toilet. I would much rather somebody said to me, Dave, your flies are down. And how many people, you know, would actually go, I better not tell them. I better say, like, come on, tell us, man. <laughs> um, you know feedback is a really really good thing And I just think sometimes in schools we see things and we just let it go mm. whether it's with you know a teaching assistant to teacher vice versa senior leadership team I do it still as the head teacher I just think if we had a few more conversations I think we would all improve to a greater you know lesser degree
0: yeah that again yeah it's a really important point I love that point you made about um, kind of how you go about giving that feedback as well I had an experience recently where I had an observation of someone that I hadn't been observed by before. And you always get those moments where you kind of have a new person that is like kind of monitoring your performance or looking at how you're doing things. And you think, oh, I wonder what they're like. (laughs) And so you kind of sit down and I loved the way that they kind of went about searching those areas of development because they asked questions rather than said, oh, you know, maybe you could have done this. They said, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, Kind of like, like what you were saying. And that was fascinating because what happened then it, is it, rather than it becoming them telling me you need to do this better, it was a, well, what do you think? You know, here's an area. Have a think about it. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts on it? And what that did, it, it did two things for me. It, was, it felt a lot less uh, a directive and a lot less kind of picking up on things. And also it gave me a chance to talk about it and say, well, I had thought about that and I'd made that decision because of this. And it actually opened up that dialogue more, which is really interesting as well. So, you know, is that something that you think is really important in in that kind of feedback process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Feedback is is absolutely essential. I guess I guess it's about creating a coaching culture, isn't it? Mm. Um, you know, that it's, it's a supportive, positive experience. You know, I don't like calling them lesson observations. It just you know, moderating, monitoring. They all just sound a little bit. Mm a little bit scary and I used to be terrified for somebody who's really confident. I was terrified for lesson observations. Yeah. They felt very high stakes. I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, and yeah, I, th- I, th- I think there's questions to ask about how we do things and, you know, I don't know. I think I, th- I think certain things are skills we, we do because we've always done them mm. and I'm, I'm quite excited at the minute. I think COVID has made us reflect and evaluate things yeah. Um, and I think that's absolutely essential, you know, as we're moving forward, we're living in a different world now.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is kind of the moment where changes to that kind of system can be considered because you, you're trying to make you try to adapt things for a very different kind of environment that we're in this this horizon, this culture that we're in right now is very different. So, obviously, you mentioned that, um, you know, you don't like the, the term lesson observations, things like that. So, what, what, what terms do you use, then, out of interest? I'm intrigued to, to kind of see. Lesson
1: observations. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, uh, the, that, that's my point. You know, if anyone's listening, and got a better solution. Mm. You know, I, I think maybe eventually there'll be coaching conversations. Or, or you know, we quite like observing in twos. Mm. You know, I, I actually get quite nervous observing because I sit there thinking maybe I've got this wrong maybe it's just me I've been at the classroom for ages maybe I've got it wrong um and when there's two people there it becomes more of a conversation and a chat um which which I quite like um I, I'm a big fan of the informal drop-ins. you know yeah. speaking to the children and, and so on yeah. um no they're, they're still unfortunately less observations but just, I just don't like it Matt it needs a yeah. rebrand
0: yeah well you know like like you said, if anyone's listening and they've got a, a term or a or a way that they can make it a better culture, that's great. I was just I just thought you might have another name because you said you don't like the names to "lesson observations." No, like, don't. No, <laughs> no, but no that's work like
1: in progress. That one.
0: <laughs> that's great. But like you say, I think it. I think they're important. I, I've I've kept you know kind of over the years, kind of thinking about lesson observations and thinking, you know, I, I don't like them. I I much prefer, like you say, that the informal drop-in kind of uh, system where. You know, on a regular basis, you know, you had teachers dropping in because actually, what that does for you as a teacher is that it it just helps you know that they are just interested in you know what the kids are doing. Yeah, it's not so much what you are doing as the teacher, but it's what the kids are doing in their classroom in their school, which you know, their the teacher ultimately is their responsibility to yeah, make sure do. the kids are learning. <laughs> and so, no, totally, yeah. So I think, like you say, the, the informal drop-ins are really, you know, I I personally think they're a really good way of doing that because it kind of, the way, like you say, and it comes back to that culture, which is interesting, again, because obviously you were talking about the culture about well-being uh, and how it, that's developed with this psychological safety. It's, and it's interesting how your primary three kind of link together in this way. I've just, do
1: you like yeah. that? I, I, I thought there's a bit of coherence between them, if I'm honest, Matt. I was quite proud of myself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Laid in <laughs>
1: bed, messaging Yeah, That sounds a bit weird. But well, I did think, I thought they hung together quite nicely. Thanks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it, it's always interesting, you know, whenever we we have a chat on the podcast with, with, with all the teachers before, sometimes they do it purposefully, like you're kind of thinking like yourself. It's like, oh, yeah, that links quite well. Sometimes it's completely by accident, but they always do tend to link really well, which I guess shows that because it's because you're passionate about it, and it breaks it down into those areas. Um, do you have any other comments on uh, on feedback and how you know how we can make it more uh, a more coaching? um
1: approach? Uh, I think uh, the work with Mike. Um, I remember him always saying. Like, I, I kept saying, "How do you establish a coaching culture within school?" And he just said, "You got to get you got to feedback, got to feedback all the time. Do it there and then. Cause if you do it afterwards, it's never going to happen. Um, be nice in how you do it." And it's just over time, people get used to the fact that it is okay. Mm. Um, just just do it. Uh, do it there and then. Yeah. We, do, we never do it after, don't we? You know, we see stuff. I'll tell them tomorrow. I don't want to ruin the day. You don't tell them the next day. Just tell them there and then.
0: Do you know, it's, that's a really good point as well. You know, that we always do tend to do it later on. And actually, to be fair, I, I have had it where, you know, we do have it later on. But then you're just thinking about it for the rest of the day, aren't you? And it's kind of like you know you don't really want to make that walk down to the office to to get your feedback. You just want it there and then, don't you?
1: Yeah, of course you do. Um,
0: that's a really good point as well. I mean, obviously, some some teachers listening can't can't really influence that, and I suppose um, you know that may be a, a difficult situation to be in. But certainly, any school leaders listening or people who are, who kind of give that support to the leadership team, you know, these are really good discussions to have. That book you mentioned was it Radical Candor? You, you mentioned
1: yeah, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. I've literally got I bought twenty five copies of it. And all the staff, we insects Twilight's of our insects. So their homework over the next couple of weeks and uh, is is to have a read of it. Just it's just about having conversations. Mm. That's all, that's all it's about really. And yeah. how often we don't have the conversations, or we handle it really badly. <laughs>
0: That'd be really good. I think, and I think for any classroom teacher, you know, obviously we kind of, again, went into lesson obs- lesson observations, which we don't like, <laughs> um, but, you know, that kind of falls onto the school leader side of it. But I think for any classroom teacher giving, you know, talking about things that are troubling them or being open and being honest with, with people they work with, teaching assistants, year group partners, or even their senior leaders is a really important part of this. I, as well. I, I
1: mean, I'm, I'm just thinking that like, say the relationship between teacher and teaching assistant. I used to struggle with this, um but the amount of times that they'll see, you know, they'll see something in the classroom and the teacher doesn't dare mention it, and we we'll come up with the most elaborate workarounds, the the rather than just have that conversation. And it should be as easy as, ah, oh, hey, do you, do you mind not doing that next time, for us Is that all right? And it's probably going to be, yes, that's fine, no problem. Yeah. And and most of us, if we if we if we could improve upon something, without most of us would we'd rather be told, we'd rather have that feedback. But the amount of times that you know they don't know how to do that, well, well ask them if they'd like some help or you know tell them they don't know what they're doing and help them you know it's just fascinating and i think that's the culture in schools it makes me smile sometimes
0: yeah it is yeah i think that's so true and so yeah i think for anyone listening you know no matter what your role in school it is you know just being honest and not not harshly honest not oh, do you know what that was rubbish (laughs) but just you know
1: being Being kind yeah be kind i honestly think the most you can have the most difficult conversation if you approach it from a kind, caring, mm. compassionate way, most of the time, most of the time they will thank you for it. Yeah, genuinely. But it's how you approach it.
0: Yeah, and, that, and similar to how we were talking about knowing yourself and knowing others, you know, it's if you don't have that conversation, people are going to think about that about you anyway. Unless you have that conversation and just yeah. make it open. So that that's really, really, it, it, like you say, it's all really co- cohesively come together um but you know i think that's really really good some really interesting points there right well let's move on then uh to your penultimate question david uh david Yep, yeah, david david <laughs> i don't know
1: come on then matthew hit me with it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> david no to dave um who would you recommend for a future interview on this podcast
1: Oh man, do you know you, you you give me the heads up on this one mm. and, and I'm I've changed mid podcast. And and I'm freaking wow. out because you know, if they get tagged in, it other people are gonna be like, Why well, didn't you mention me? So I could have chosen lots and lots and lots and lots of different people. I really could. I've had lots of really exciting virtual brews of people mm. over the last couple of couple of weeks who've inspired me and energized me. Um but I think you should get Ben Levinson on. Um he's I think it's Kensington School. Um, I, I hope... Oh, that might have been his last school. But anyway, he got he got School of the Year, um, the Peace and... I'm sure it's Peace and School of the Year. But the reason I've chosen, they're just doing all sorts of brilliant things on, you know, the relational approach in schools, well-being, how they look after the children. I, I literally could have named... You know, I've spoken to Adrian Bethune, Jazz, Jazz and um... I never know how to pronounce her name. I'm sorry if she ends up listening in and I, I, I pronounced it wrong. Clem Stewart. Um, and now I'm stressing that because I'm going to miss people out. But there's loads of amazing yeah. people out there yeah. who I find truly inspirational. But he this week has, you know, I, I've seen a couple of things he's up to. And I'm like, whoa, that's cool.
0: Yeah, that's great. And it's always great when, the, when uh, people change their. Uh answer mid podcast and i've seen that happen a few times just because of how the conversation goes and you know based off the conversation we've had that person comes to mind because they've really inspired you on that and that's what we want you know that's what this podcast is all about just making links with as many inspirational primary educators as we can which is why we're speaking to you dave and so to finish off then uh, and thank you so much once again for your time for this because it's been a really great a really great chat chat really around about kind of our our personal relationships which is interesting how your favourite subject is now PSHE. Again, linking in there, uh, it, it's interesting that. But for you, uh, what is the best thing about being in primary education?
1: Um, I think it's the difference that you make. Mm. Um, you know, you've got everybody remembers their favourite teacher and it can be the most you know a moment that we don't think anything more of it can be one sentence that wow you did amazing you could you know you you should do this for a living I'm so you know I'm so proud of you you know which I, I, I don't know what it is the point is that there are moments you know left right and center where you are making a difference you're supporting the 10 in your class the 20 the 30 however many you've got if you're senior leader if you're the head teacher you you really are, you're impacting upon lives and making a difference. And I think through COVID, we've taken it to a completely different place. You know, we've, you know, in some schools like ours, we fed them, we give you know, bedding, help them with jobs, applications for benefits, um, just phone calls to look after the, you know, the mental health and wellbeing of the parents. I don't think anybody should ever underestimate the difference that a good a good teacher makes.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, you know, they, they 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 are doing things that that children and young people will take with them through the rest of their life. Uh, and, I, and I think, honestly, through COVID, it's a shame some of the press has not been the most supportive at times, and some of the narrative about us not being at work and things like that. Um, honestly, uh, our profession has done as proud. Absolutely, we really have. Um, yeah. So it's the difference that we make. I think.
0: Absolutely. Teachers have, have been superheroes, along with, obviously, you know, other, other other key workers and the NHS and everything. But I think, you know, I, I couldn't be prouder to be with a, with a, such a wonderful group of great educators. Thank you for that. Really, really great answer to finish off there. Thank you so much, Dave, for your time and for coming
1: on to the That's podcast. OK. No worries. Thanks for having me, Matt.
0: Well, wasn't that another great interview? Dave McPartlin was a great inspiration and shared some wonderful insights into his view on primary education. Um, Interestingly, uh, his primary three really were cohesive. They really worked well together, along with his favourite subject, PSHE, currently. As he says, that's changed over time, but uh, I can see why um, when we look at the primary three that he has chosen. I loved the idea that uh, he was inspired to go into primary education by a teacher um, from his family, and that she get, then, and that his auntie gave him that belief about himself that he'd be a really good teacher, and that was really what propelled him from there. Of course, we did talk about his uh, experience uh, about the Christmas number one, and uh, you know vying for that position there, and just the ups and downs of that. Just a really great uh, journey and uh, some funny memories. I'm sure that not only Dave will have for a long time, but those kids as well, as we talked about in the in the interview, just the experience that they had of going down to London. Seeing these famous people going and having these experiences uh, and singing for all these people is just a great, great um, example of just what we can do when we put our minds to things and, and try to achieve a dream. Of course, for you, your dream in primary education with your class in front of you may not be to take them down to London and try and get a Christmas number one or take them on Britain's Got Talent in a, in a sequined outfit. But whatever it looks like for you, you know, aim for that dream. Uh, and I think that's a really inspirational thought by Dave there. Um dave also then talked about his primary three looking after our well-being knowing ourselves and others and feedback accepting and listening to feedback and uh, he was very particular when he said that he wasn't talking about feedback to children although i'm sure of course that is important to him but actually listening to feedback and seeking out feedback as, as members of staff in school uh, this applies to every single um kind of level of um, staff member we may be whether we are a teaching assistant a teacher. Um, way up to you know, kind of a head teacher in a school or in the, in that kind of leadership position. You know, we all need to listen to feedback, and we all and we all receive feedback at some point in our career and and in our profession. Uh, and how we seek for that feedback, look for how we know ourselves, is very important as well. You know, talking about how how in his school, you know, the idea of this performance psychologist um, helping each member of staff to understand what who they really are what type of teacher they are, I can imagine that's a really empowering thing to do. And so, you know, not that I'm suggesting and I'm I'm sure Dave is not suggesting that your school should splash out on a psychologist to come. That was just what worked for their context. But, you know, look for ways that you can try and get to know yourself a little bit more. I have to say, you know, not related to this, but a few months ago, I took a mindset um, kind of assessment, which looked at how growth and fixed mindset I am how prevention or promotion mindset I am, how inward or outward mindset I am, these types of things. And it was really eye-opening because it helped me to see some areas in my life where I was perhaps, you know, we needed to do a bit more work, needing to do a bit more work. And I think that something like that would be really valuable for teachers to do. Of course, we're not all meant to be exactly the same. We all have different strengths um, and that's important, as he, as he said. Just a really uplifting and motivating and empowering um, discussion that was. And if anyone is listening to this, you know, if, and if you take away from this one thing and you can apply it into your, into your in your reflections or your teaching, then I'm sure that'd be really helpful. All that's left for me to say is that if there's a primary colleague that you'd love to hear more from, you can either contact me on Twitter through at Prime Edu Voices or me personally at M Roberts 90 mat, And let me know what inspiring primary teacher, TA or support staff you'd love to hear featured on a future episode. And if you'd like to join the conversation, then get in touch and let me know what some of your passions are. Please subscribe to the podcast. It would really help get that word out and share it with your primary practitioners. Even better, please leave a review on your podcasting platform. Thank you for joining me to hear another primary education voice and see you again next time when we will meet another inspirational educator.